Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Batwoman, the weekly podcast about the adventures of Kate Kane, Batwoman on the CW show. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Excited to get talking about Batwoman. Yes, and we get we get a little bit of um, Alice's backstory. We also get a little bit of Mary being drunk. I love drunk Mary. Okay, well, I love Mary, but I really love drunk Mary. And I may possibly like Mary and Luke as a possible couple. Not sure. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll, we're going to get to that because I saw they weren't really like, they weren't really too sly about, about showing us that. No, I mean, they, cause you know, whenever it's like an adversarial start kind of that, that's always where it ends up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about them. Maybe I'll discover my feelings. Uh, I think you on have this to episode, like Luke, in order to be able to like them, but maybe not. Oh man, I <laughs> I had I had thought of a uh, of a punch Luke quote t- this week too, and I've already forgotten <laughs> it. Why does God hate me so? <laughs> I'm sure it'll come back to you, or you'll figure out a different one as we discuss the episode. Yeah, but before we discuss the episode, we have an email from a listener named Jennifer, and she says, Hey guys, I finally caught up on the show and your podcast. Really enjoying what I've seen so far. I have to say, I'm glad someone is shipping Kate and Sophie, because I cannot wait for Sophie to no longer be a love interest for Kate. She seems like one of the most toxic people. Won't acknowledge her old relationship, even while pining after Kate seemingly lying to her husband about how she feels about him and the show seemed to imply that she asked for the bodyguard assignment to keep tabs on kate none of that says she'll that she still has any of her stuff together and kate does not deserve that kind of relationship not that i want her out of the show necessarily but if she has to be in kate's life i just really want them to get to the friend stage where kate is either where kate is either in no relationship or a stable one. However, I'm happy to hear you two make the argument for them being together. It makes listening to the podcast really fun as I come up with counter arguments and try not to argue aloud while I'm at work. (laughs) Speaking of the bodyguard assignment, there didn't seem to be anyone guarding Mary this episode. Was that just dropped out of the blue? Not that I mind having Mary free of a shadow, but I do think it's sloppy writing. Anyway, thanks for covering the show. I really enjoy your episode so far, and I'm pretty excited to see where this goes. P.S. I really thought I had more to say beyond Kate deserves better, but I guess I didn't. <laughs> well, I want to say thank you to Jennifer for writing in, and also I'm glad I'm not the only one who talks back to podcasts when I listen to them. That makes me feel better. Absolutely. Um, I I don't tend to – it's funny because um, – like people will always ask like oh so what podcast do you listen to or you know and i'm like i don't really listen to them and they're like but don't you do a podcast and i'm like yeah but i don't really listen to mine either 
Like, I know what I said. I don't need to hear myself say it. So the few that I do listen to are all people I know. So I, like, I'm glad, like, I'm also not the only one. Like, I'll be listening to a podcast and I'll be, like, yelling to it. I'm like, no, you're wrong. Stop. (laughs) I do that all the time. Especially if I'm friends with the people hosting it. Exactly. And then you just start, like, texting them. They're like, I can't believe you said this. In my case, tweeting, but yes. I mean, there'll just be times, like, I'll send... I'll send my friend Tim a text about something he uh, he said on the podcast without any reference to like him what he said, and just send him the counter argument. But that is neither here nor there. So um, she is right. Uh, we didn't really see Mary. Uh, we didn't really see Sophie guarding Mary uh, in the last episode, nor in this episode. No, and I don't. I wonder why. Um, well, Mary just wasn't. I mean, Mary wasn't in a lot in this episode, and the little she was in, she was she was obviously around other people. And Sophie had, um, Sophie had a reason to be away this time. I want now. Catherine was the one who arranged for the guard in the first place, right? If I'm remembering correctly. Uh no, it was it would have been Jacob. It was Jacob. Okay. I yeah. Remember. Yeah, I think if Catherine had arranged for it, it would have been through her goons. Yes, yeah, so I don't know why she wasn't guarded. I mean, I was fine with it, and honestly, so much other stuff was happening in the last couple episodes that that never really actually dawned on me. But she's not wrong. She's not. Um. So I'm hoping if if that's gonna be a thing. I hope we see it more consistently. Or if it's I, no longer a thing, can we say that it's no longer a thing and just move on? Exactly. I mean, last episode, the only time we really saw Mary was when she was when she was taking care of Alice's boyfriend or boy toy, rather. Whose name uh, I still it, don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it something with matter. a D. That's all I know. Uh, dude, I believe is his name. <laughs> So, and then in this episode, we just see her around Luke while while Sophie is off doing stuff. So, like I said, like the past two episodes, I'm fine with them. I'm fine with them not having the shadow on her. But yeah, they, they need to figure out what they're going to be doing pretty quickly. Absolutely. <clears throat> All right. So let's uh, let's dig into this episode. Which, by the way, for those keeping score at home, is episode number five. Yes, five. Good job. And I'm not I'm totally not looking up it right now on my phone because I forgot the name of the title, which is mine is a long, sad tale. Mine is a long and sad tale, um, which is a reference to a poem in. um in Alice in Wonderland, it's a shaped poem, so I guess it's supposed to be in the shape of a tail. Uh, it has no actual title, but um, that line is used in in the uh, in the text. The Mouse's Tale is a shaped poem by Lewis Carroll, which appears in his novel Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. 
Though no no formal title for the poem is given in the text, the chapter title refers to a long tale, and the mouse introduces it by saying, mine is a long and sad tale. So that is the weekly Alice in Wonderland reference for those keeping score at home. So this is um this going to be a weird episode to to kind of go over chronologically at least how we have been mainly because there's there's one thing going on and then there's like one kind of minor thing going on so let's instead of going step by step this week i think we're just gonna let's start talking about the overall arch of this plot which is us getting some of the backstory on on alice or on beth and how she became alice more importantly because correct she she was beth for a lot of the flashback and we yes for all of it actually yeah she's beth in the entire flashback and she's beth intermittently in this episode uh to the ex- to uh, I would say she's Beth more often than not in this episode than she's Alice. I could only really pick out like maybe one or two, definitely one scene with Alice, maybe two or three at most. Yeah. And that's just kind of when she's needling Kate. When she was needling Kate, everything that was going on when she had her dad at gunpoint was another Alice moment for me. And then the final scene with her and john slash mouse was another alice moment for me too yes yeah i would i would definitely give you that so basically kate you know kate uh the start of the episode is alice stealing alice stealing skin off of dead people which Uh, is not at all creepy and gross i mean only a little Look, it would be far worse if they were alive, okay? I'm just – I'm going to throw that out there. I but mean, Yeah, but they must have been fresh dead because they were still bleeding when she cut the skin off. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm I'm not a taxidermy expert. I can't. Uh, okay. Yeah, all right. The only thing I don't get is uh, according to the Gotham papers, like she's stealing – she's stealing the uh, – the skin off of the rear parts of the of the cadaver, but it doesn't look like that on the show. On the show, it looks like it's like the upper thigh. I couldn't tell where what part of the body she was grabbing from. Okay, so but she the, just made cuts, and I was like, ew. Yeah, it seemed to all be like in the same section, and to me, it it was like it was the um like the front part of the thigh but again i i could be i could be very easily mistaken it was a little bit low light um but all the cuts are from the same place so gotham as dubbed her the booty pirate <laughs> i totally didn't catch that yes they <laughs> they call her the they yeah du- gotham cuz gotham doesn't know it's the same person so they dubbed the person the booty pirate and Luke is like, hey, we can see, you know, we have surveillance cameras. Let's see if we can figure out who it is. And they bring it up, and it's obviously it's obviously Alice. Like, 
there's no way it could not be Alice, not just from the show perspective, but from the view from the person that you're seeing on these surveillance episodes. And Luke is there is like, hey, is that Alice? And Kate's like, no, 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 my no, my sister. Yeah, her, no. Her dad jumped out. <laughs> like, no, no, I that could be anybody. It could she that could even be a boat. Like, that's definitely not Alice whatsoever. And Luke's like, hold on a second. We have clearer pictures. Oh, look. It looks exactly like Alice. Mm, oh, yeah. I mean, I can... Maybe if you squint your eyes, I still don't think it's her. No, as soon as she saw it, she was like, okay, whatever this is, we're ending this tonight. And she started grabbing stuff and putting it in her bag. Yeah, she's like, you know... But that was Luke actually being smart. You should have been happy. Was it? Because (laughs) it wasn't really smart as much as obvious. I mean, okay, I think you're just always looking for reasons to dislike him. But I was like, oh, look, Luke's being smart. (laughs) Fine, I'll give him that. (laughs) Thank you. But in, in essence... So Kate starts grabbing things, grappling gun, pepper spray, looking for goggles, and Luke's like, Batman doesn't Batman do Batman doesn't goggles. do goggles? I love yeah. that line. You know, Batman doesn't do goggles. What so are you, new have, here? Did she have night vision contact lenses? Is that why her eyes looked weird? Um, I don't believe it's contact lenses. Essentially, it's goggles. Like, it's uh, usually what it is in the mask is there's like a thing that'll go over the eyes almost to the extent of sunglasses. Like, that's the only okay. thing I... Like, that's the only real parallel I can draw. But it's something she that... Had, she had, like, what... Like, her eyes looked white. It was kind of yeah, creepy. They were, yeah, they were, they were white out. Um, so it it is obviously some sort of night vision. But it's more of... Instead of, like, a very cumbersome headgear, it's just, like an option on the cowl that you press and it slides into place. Like, I, gotcha. don't, be- I don't believe there were contacts. So it she goes and. So, yeah, no. And that's what they're supposed to like. That's what they're supposed to resemble. So maybe they are contacts that she has that she presses a button and they go into a different mode. Um, they don't really explain it in this show. I'm just going by like what they've done in the past. So she goes and takes out uh, Alice's goons and kind of, I mean, captures her for the, for lack of a better terminology. Like she has her tied up in a prison cell. Oh, no, she, def- she definitely, ki- she definitely kidnapped her twin. And then Alice kidnapped her back. Kidnapping is a twin thing. Apparently. Uh, <laughs> I like Al in Alice's like first instinct when she wakes up with like her hands, you know, tied over her head in a prison cell is to like needle Kate by like, wow, this is kinky even for you, which I didn't need the thought of of um, like a kinky sort of incest thing. But thanks, Alice. Now that's in my head. 
I mean, I'm sure there is a faction of the Batwoman audience who was already there and No. Are... No, I refuse to believe this. <laughs> I I I refuse to believe that Batwoman fan that there's Batwoman fans out there shipping Kate and Beth. No. No. I've seen enough weirdness in CW shows that it wouldn't surprise me is all I'm saying. No, don't I <laughs> if we get emails now, I'm blaming you. <laughs> that, that's fine. Like, th- <laughs> this wasn't an idea in anybody's head until you put it in there. I will take the blame if we get any emails. I will own that. Oh God. <laughs> oh man. Anyway. <laughs> So Kate's like, you know, Kate's like, look, you can't keep doing this. And Alice is like, uh, Beth is uh, essentially like, but I'm so troubled. Let me tell you about my long, sad tale. And Kate's like, okay, but first I'm going to call our father for honestly no reason. Like, There was no reason to do that. There really wasn't, and it wasn't even like it served a purpose, like she was in danger, although I guess she... I mean, it served a purpose later, because they were already following her when they realized, and that's how he realized where they were, but... Right. But, yeah, this is this is definitely a part of the uh, of the show where it was done for the sake of... future plot points but there was a better way they could have done that like they could have said like kate could have wanted to know why beth turned into this and said well if you don't start talking then i'm going to call our father and alice basically could have been like yeah okay sure you're barely even talking to him or whatever and then have kate call him to prove a point right yeah no that that would have been a much better way to handle it. I the only thing I can think of is Kate now that now that she kind of knows what happened and now that her dad knows kind of what happened, the only thing I can think of is Kate's under the impression of by doing this it'll finally like cement everything that Beth is Alice. Jacob will finally realize that and maybe they can move on to trying to help her. But it it just seemed like a very a very hasty a hastily written thing to do for this episode. Yeah. It it feels like we have to get Sophie and is it Jeremiah or Jacob. I always get it confused. Her Jacob. father's name. Jacob. We have to get Sophie and Jacob to a certain point at a certain part of the episode. So this is how we're going to do it, and hopefully nobody will care. Yeah, which, I mean, we don't even really need Sophie. Like, Sophie doesn't need to be there. Yeah, no, she really didn't. It it, it gave us that one moment later, which will, you know, which was fine. But, and I I loved that moment because, you know, I'm a sucker for those moments. Like, the, the finger on the lip thing that was there for, like, five seconds longer than it needed to be. I was all in on that moment. (laughs) <laughs> but also the episode would have been completely fine had that moment not happened. Yeah. 
So Alice will start spinning her tale of woe. She was found supposedly by by this young boy who's disfigured. Um, he has a nick. He has a nickname later on in the episode, Mouse. Like, that's who Mouse is. Uh, but his real name is, I thought you, it was Jonathan, you said? It, it was Johnny, which his full name is Jonathan. Okay. So, Johnny, um, since, we, since we're just being introduced to this character, has an ability to mimic people's voices. And that's the first thing we see as she's talking about him is... He is mimicking Hermione from Harry Potter by saying Leviosa. Um, I loved that, by the way, because I'm a Harry Potter nerd. And that was a really good impression. Like, really good. I think they might have actually used um, the audio because it is it is WB. But so Johnny, we, we were discussing this last week about um, is there any Batman villains called Mouse? Now that we know Johnny's ability, the only thing that we can kind of glean from it is while there's no one that really fits Johnny's ability in name in the comic verse, there is a character called Jane Cartwright, who is also known as Jane Doe, who's a serial killer with a hideously discarded face, who wears face mask to become someone else and is able to mimic any voice that they hear. So it seems like we have a gender bending um, role of switching Jane Doe for mouse, which is fine. Like I, I've never really had any issue when stuff like this happens, as long as it's not like a really big character or if it's something that, that, characteristics were changed even though those characteristics are inherent to the character like you can't make you can't make um taylor swift mulan like part part of mulan is inherently she's supposed to be asian you can't make you can't make chris evans black panther um right but there's you know like i never i was never upset with with casting Mashad Brooks as James Olsen, except for the fact that he is way too good looking for James Olsen. <laughs> and he, like, the character was wrong. Yeah, but that was like, more the, of a writing thing. Right, that was more of a writing thing. Like, you know, and honestly, I can't see Mashad acting like, like Jimmy Olsen anyway. So, like, I don't know what they were. I don't know what they were thinking. Like he came in and they were like, "Yes, you're the dorky newsroom guy. Let's just change the whole character around now because you're definitely not the dorky newsroom guy." But and I I I knew something was off when we first like when she first woke up and the first thing we saw was this kid and he wasn't really looking at her and like his hair was covering his face. Now I think yeah. maybe like. And he's, fidgeting. and he's fidgeting and his father's in the room and i remember i tweeted when i was watching i was like oh i don't trust this man I've oh watched, definitely not i've watched 15 years of criminal minds i know this is not good i mean you can you can tell 
when someone's evil because they have a really good grasp of the English language. Almost like I, too good. Right. Like I have never seen, met, or heard of anybody who had like who has like such a good grasp of the of the English language and enunciating and like is like the poster boy for for speaking for speaking English that wasn't evil. That's actually kind of true. Yes. Scary, but true. Go back, like the like it just seems to be like an OCD thing. Like like they have to talk they have to talk with all of the correct you know inflections and they have to obey every single stupid rule of the English language. And the more that you do it, the crazier you become and you end up killing lots of people. It's science. Yeah, I, you're right. I totally didn't even think of that. I just got a totally creepy vibe off of him. Although I wasn't, I wasn't expecting him to be like creating masks of skin for his son. Creepy. I was kind of expecting him to be like, pedophile well, creepy that's yeah, where i and, thought this was going i mean okay let so we'll take that into two um we'll take that into two places because one of the first things we hear uh johnny talk about is his because she asks him like what happened to your face and he's like oh it's been like that since the accident so what we don't know, because we didn't find out in this episode, is what accident was there. Was there an accident in the house? Because we don't see a we don't see Johnny's mother at all. So let's assume she's out of the picture. Um, so we don't see her at all. Was there an accident that killed her? Is he there in the same style that Beth is there, where something happened and he found him? Like, Ooh, is this? I an, didn't even think of that. My is this another thought... person? was that he that his father is the one who hurt him i didn't even think that they weren't biologically related i don't know why i didn't think that but i didn't i mean it's it's very possible that you're right but my first instinct was because of the way that beth is there that maybe this is just something he's been doing yeah i could totally see that and it's so obvious to me now that you've said it yeah see that's what I'm here for. <laughs> so then the second thing is the masks. So back in the second episode? Yeah, I was going to say I think it was like the second or third one, right? Yeah. When we get the when we get Beth's uh Beth's nightmare of the masks, now we know where that came from. So <clears throat> Yeah, and I even said back then I wonder if that was a memory or a nightmare and it looks like it was right. a memory. Yes. So it looks like he he creates masks, although it didn't seem to be out of human skin like it seems um, Beth is doing with all of the hindquarter. I mean, that mask looked pretty human-like to me. Um, it could have been. They are on a farm, so it could have been. Uh, it, it could have been pig skin too, but I mean, it looked pretty. Yeah. It looked pretty human. Okay, I mean, it's very possible the the bleached white is what really made it look fake for me. But I know, I know there's different ways of doing that. 
so essentially what had happened is supposedly Johnny found Beth. That's how that's how Beth tells it. Johnny found Beth. She wakes up in in this place. She wakes up in this little house. It's not really a cabin. It's a house. And she's been out for a while. The very the the very um, uptight father is like, oh, you must be hungry. Let me get you something to eat. And her first instinct is, I you know, I need to call my house. I need to tell my father where I am. And he's like, where's oh, my mom. Her where's my mom? Word. Yep. Yep. Yeah, where's my mom? First words. She didn't ask about Kate at all, though, which I thought was strange. Well, she knew Kate wasn't in the car. Oh, true. So it seems like she hadn't, like she definitely didn't have any sort of um, memory problems. So like she knew there was an accident. She knew her her mother was in danger. So you're right. She was like, we need to go back for my mom. Um, and he's like, you know, and this guy's telling her, hey, I, I called the police. They'll be here soon. Don't worry about it. And in the annals of stupid criminals, this guy is right up there because as he's saying this, he literally has the TV tuned to the news talking about how the police have no idea where Beth is. So, yeah, I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, either don't say, say, OK, I'll go call the police right now and then leave the room. And let right. her think you've made the phone call so that when she sees the news report, she doesn't freak out like she just did or and, take the yeah. keys out of the house. Or why? Why is your child watching news reports anyway? Isn't I mean, I, technically, he could have been watching almost anything and they could have it was they broke in with the breaking news. He could have been watching a baseball game and they broke I mean, in with breaking been. news. So it wasn't like he was watching the news. He could have been watching football, baseball, whatever, and then they broke in with the special report. Also, what kind of breaking news was that? Breaking news, we don't have anything to report. Bye, guys. It was literally breaking news. The search for the missing Kane girl has been expanded into a different county. And yep. as somebody who We're has going been- to Bloodhaven. I have local news that breaks it. You know, I have, net, you know, networks here break in when President Trump sneezes. It seems like there's constant break-ins for no apparent reason. So it's unfortunately realistic. And it drives me nuts because it always happens. Right. So I was like, okay, well, that didn't really need to be broken into, but that happens all the time. So that's, you know, I can forgive that. I guess, but. Yeah. All right. Fine. Fine. <laughs> so that happened, and she's like, "Hey, why are the police still searching for me if you called them?" And he's like, "Oh, right. Okay, yeah, we're that's... gonna we're gonna keep you in this other uh, <laughs> we're gonna keep you away from television now. We're gonna move you down into the basement into this secret little cell that's not so creepy at all." It made me think how many other people he kept in that room. Two. Wait, we actually got an answer to that? No, no. I'm, I just figured I'd help you out, too. <laughs> okay, wasn't sure. So, 
so the so the most frustrating thing about this episode for me, and I told you off air, was we get such like this entire episode is pretty much supposed to be part of Alice's backstory, how Beth became Alice, which is great. Like we've been I've been looking forward to this, but we got such a small part and it took up so much time that talking about this is essentially like discussing Exodus, but only knowing the part of Moses going down the river. Yeah, But you know what, though? It was such a small part. But it's such a small part. It's such a big part in a sense, too, because she was threatened into keeping quiet. She was forced to, you know, she was forced not to say anything when her dad came looking for her. And then Kate went looking for her and didn't feel her, or at least in her mind, Kate didn't feel her. So, like, their twin connection was severed she was left all alone she was threatened and then you know she's okay so so we'll, we'll get into that in one second um and I'm, yeah no, there's definitely stuff there i just like there's only so much you can regurgitate about it so let's so yeah let's move ahead a little bit obviously um beth and johnny develop some sort of friendship because even though she's being held by this this man johnny's really nice to her and and johnny's not really like it's not because of johnny she's being kept there i i and the more i think about it the more i think you're right and that johnny was probably in that room with at one point or another which is why he's so nice to her because he knows what it's like to sit in that room Right. He gives her the the book of Alice in Wonderland, um, which, you know, you can say he he kind of gives her a new life. Yeah. He kind of gives her the basis of becoming Alice, which I think is why she says that he saved her. Yes. And then she even she even refers to him as brother at the end of the episode. Which makes sense because she essentially grew up in that house. Yes. We also found out how old they were when the accident happened. Yes, they were 13. Yes, which I believe you actually guessed. Um, And I was like, no, they look way too young to be 13. So so we at least now know the age, which means... It's it's 15 years later, which means they're they're 28. Correct. Everything's coming together. Um, So because because of Kate calling Jacob, Jacob and Sophie are now hot on the tail of trying to find of trying to find them. Which is fine. They don't really do anything until they until they get to the until they get to the uh, place anyway. Right. But. Do we want to backtrack a little bit and talk about um, Alice? Beth took Kate to the diner. And yeah, I was, I, I was actually. Yeah, I was just about okay. to bring that up. Okay. Go and ahead. then and then drugged her beer, and then kidnapped her and took her to the place where she was taken when she was younger. Right, and that's where we get the that's where we get the bulk of the episode. Um, it's always. There's a 
there's a uh, part at the very beginning of this episode, and it kind of comes up every so often, in which Kate like asks Beth a question. She's like, you know, what happened to you, or what, you know, what's your plan? And and Beth was like, you know, aren't you the great detective? No, no, Alice, that's the other person. Kate, I don't think has ever solved a mystery in her life. No. That's the, you know, Batman is the great detective. Batwoman is the okay detective. I don't, I mean, she's probably decent at it. Who knows? So the fact that at the diner, like, she's able to drug Kate and then, and then, you know, essentially switch roles with Kate as far as, you know, who has the other one captured. I'm like, come, Kate, do better. But it also makes sense. She wants to let her guard down around her twin sister. So, like, I, right. I, I it makes sense to me. I understand why. I thought she was an idiot, too. But then I was thinking, I'm like, you know what? No, she wants to see the best in her sister. So she's going to be stupid and let her guard down. And we just kind of have to live with that. I mean, yeah, but I'm just not going to not make fun of her for it. <laughs> So, so she brings him, she brings Kate, or she brings Kate to the house where she essentially grew up um, after the crash and into the little room. Did you know that was the little room at first when we saw it? Uh, I kind of figured. We didn't see much of the, we didn't see much of that house, so... I figured it had to have been something that um, I think it had to be something that that we had already seen. Because I was I was kind of looking and it looked like the room and I wasn't sure. And it wasn't until they did one of the transitions from the stairs in the past to the present that it was 100 percent confirmed. But I kind of had a feeling. Yeah. So she she brings her there and starts telling her more of her time at this place but she doesn't like aside from being there against her will and the guy not telling the police we don't get a lot of we don't get a lot more of the backstory is essentially like what I was a little bit is essentially a little bit of what I was upset with was because we just weren't getting more we know at one point Beth is able to get to the phone and calls Jacob and says, you know, I'm alive. You, you, you need to come get me. He cuts the line before she's able to tell him where she is, although she doesn't really know where she is anyway. They do trace the call and Jacob goes there with Kate to, to find out what's going on. And this was actually a genius moment kind of, they had when they had Johnny do the impersonation of her voice. Yes, I will say that when we first saw Johnny and he's doing his like his two imitations, I didn't think they were that good. But in this instance, obviously they're using Beth's voice. It was it was such a it was a really good ploy. So. Um, Jacob had called the police and the police is like, we'd already searched that area. 
she's not there and he he goes with kate gun in hand to find out what's going on he kind of barges into the house asking to see his daughter who he heard on the phone and the phone call came from inside the house while the guy while this person is trying to explain to jacob she's not there and then he takes her to johnny and johnny does his little mimic shtick um while this is going on kate is kind of searching around the house and she goes down into the basement she goes up to the wall uh, oh my god that door that, moment. that oh. acts as the door and you see them there's a there's there's a few really good visuals that i liked in this episode one is them being separated by the wall and beth not being able to make a sound because the guy said if she if she lets anyone know she's there he'll whoever kill them she, he'll kill whoever comes for her that right. moment with them between the door it killed me i almost cried <clears throat> it was really sad and kate here's the thing is is alice blames kate for not sensing she's there kate senses it kate even calls out for beth but Beth doesn't respond. I wonder if the door is soundproof and maybe she doesn't hear it. No, she just she's not responding because she's afraid that if she responds, she'll put Kate in danger. Like, I get why she doesn't respond. But, but then, why then why say you didn't feel our connection? Because she's uh, crazy. Unless she thought that Kate would be so sure she was there, she would force her dad to open the door. And when that didn't happen. I mean, that's that, that's probably it. But at the same time, like I like this is an instance where Kate blames herself. And Alice uses that guilt to manipulate Kate's feelings even more so about it. But Kate felt that she was there. The fact that. Beth doesn't call back to her when she calls out. Kate then goes up the stairs and thinks that no one's there, which is also one of my one of my favorite um, transitions so far in this show was as Kate was walking up the stairs, you have Alice coming out behind the stairs. Oh, that was so good. You know, so yeah, she definitely manipulates Kate's feelings in this more so because I again I I believe Kate did sense her there. Now she doesn't act on those feelings because she has no proof. But you know it's it's not it's not Kate's fault. No, it's definitely not Kate's fault. And at first I was confused too because I even said to myself, okay, well, why is she saying Kate didn't? fight for her when clearly she did and she knows she did but then she's but then she said you didn't you know i was waiting for you to have this overwhelming feeling that i was there and to tell someone and to you know and to come get me and when that didn't happen i think that was the moment that kind of broke beth yeah that Kate it, it, walking away and not saying, oh, my God, I know she's there, even if she can't talk to me. Yeah. 
I think that's the moment that broke Beth. And that is why Beth blames her. And it's it's very possible. I mean, especially in that kind of situation, having your freedom literally on the other side of the door and nothing happening could be enough to mentally break anybody. It is. Exactly. It was a very sad and tender moment. And I always I always have I always have a battle within me sometimes where it seems like there's there there's a Spider-Man syndrome going on lately. And when I say Spider-Man syndrome, I mean, we have a tendency lately that every villain needs to have a really sympathetic backstory so they're not painted as just being evil. You get it a lot with Spider-Man villains. Um, Sandman, Doc Ock, even Green Goblin to a certain extent. Um, Where no one's just pure evil. There's always always a tragic thing that happens that turns them evil. And that's normally a trope that I can't stand. Like, like you... But right. in this particular case with, with Alice slash Beth, I think it works. It it absolutely the, works. Because the family dynamic of Kate and Beth and their father and all of the ramifications of Beth as Alice doing all of these crazy things and her having a completely valid reason for being the way she is makes the show tenfold thousand times more interesting than any of the other shows on the Berlantiverse right now. Absolutely. In this instance, it absolutely works. But I'm hoping, I'm hoping like sometimes there are just people who are bad. Like like hopefully next week's villain is just straight up bad for being bad. Right. Like you don't need to, don't give me like a sympathetic Joker. Like, the Joker is the Joker. He's just pure evil. Like so, while there's a while I think there's a creeping thing going on in superhero stuff where where a lot of villains end up needing to have some sort of sympathy angle for people, and I think it's used to just help people identify with them. I just it works here and it works really well. But this is it being done at like its pinnacle. Like this right. is we don't, we don't need it again for somebody else. <laughs> right. So like you're doing it perfectly this time. This is this is what the trope is for. Let's let's remember this down the line when we do other he- uh, other villains that we don't need to do the same thing. So that is that is kind of the kind of the background of. Beth turning into Alice. Again, it's a very small part of the background. And I wish that we had at least a little bit more. Did I I was kind of hoping we were going to get the rest of it in this episode and we didn't, so I was kind of disappointed in that. Um and I'm okay with having another episode at some point doing flashback to kind of fill in the rest of the stuff, but like but I think now maybe I think- now I think we're going to jump to adult Beth because which which will be fine but I think we can only like 
I'm only willing to give them one more episode of filling in her past. Like this was their chance and they took they took that chance and all they did with it was give me like a very small piece. Now the next time you give me something, it better be the rest of the story because then it's going to feel like you're just kind of dragging it out. But see, I don't think the piece was that small. I think this was such a defining moment for her that it's actually a lot bigger than you're making it sound. Okay. I mean, and it, it very well could be. It's just um, for for the pace that the show's already kind of set, this to me felt like a step in the opposite direction, if that makes sense. I could see that. I just don't agree. Okay. And that's fine. We don't always have to agree. I mean, I'm always right, but we don't always <laughs> have to agree about it. So that was what went on with those two. Essentially, what else happened in the episode was we get a really good – we do get a really good scene with Jacob and and Alice inside the house that, that again – That was a really good scene. Yeah, this 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 episode for all the stuff that I've kind of I kind of gave it negatives for. This episode does have a lot of good scenes and this was a, such a really good scene because Jacob this is officially Jacob like admitting okay, that she's, she's Beth. Beth. Right. And that you know, it was a very nice emotional scene and you know, you have do you have any do you have anything about it? I loved it. Um, I did kind of like. I did kind of laugh though, like that she he looked at Kate after like after Kate and Sophie let them leave, and then he goes, "It's really Beth," or he said something before he passed out, and I'm just like, "Wow, you finally got a clue. Welcome." Yay! Good job. <laughs> But I did. I I loved the whole dynamic of that whole scene of her, you know, between her and her dad. And then when Kate came in and then when Sophie came in, like that whole dynamic was just so good. Yeah, it was. And um, yeah, no, no, it was it was really good. And again, like this, this show does really good with these emotional moments. And that's one of the things I love about the Kate Alice story is that it's is that it's born from the emotion of sisters being on opposite sides. So while like the show describes Alice as Batwoman's Joker, it's much it's much more emotionally involving than just than just that. Yeah, like definitely. It's, There's a lot more complications and twists to this than just that. Yeah. Kate is always trying to save Beth, even though Beth, A, doesn't think she can be saved. And B, doesn't want to be saved. Right. You know, even there's a line that Kate's like, you know, we'll take, you know, I'll put you in a, I'll put you in a good psychiatric hospital. Like, we won't be our this time. Right. So, speaking of Arkham. Now, let me see if we have the same thought. Say yours, and then I'll ask you mine, because I have a feeling it might be the same. Yep. 
speaking of Arkham, we are officially caught up. Right? We're two weeks post uh, post Elseworlds. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know if we're two weeks past post Elseworlds, but we're definitely post Elseworlds. Because, because in the, jumping to Luke and Mary, he mentioned yeah, that there was, there was a breakout two weeks ago. Oh, he did say two weeks. Okay, so... So yes, so, we're two weeks post. Um, we're two weeks post Elseworlds. Yes. So okay. in the other, in the B story, is Mary kind of coming to terms with what happened? She finds out at the beginning of the episode. Catherine calls her and tells her, "Hey, um, I I might have killed a deer. Who knows? <laughs> the, those bones were animal bones, and they were because of me. Well." Mary finds out that the bones were animal bones, and Mary's like, what kind of doctors did the autopsy? Like, you could easily tell the, the bone, difference. But the bone density alone, you can easily tell the difference. Right. I, like, I, you can easily tell the difference between human and animal bones, and Catherine's like, shut up. I know, but she so desperately wants to believe that this was some other screw-up. Like, she's just trying to cling to any possible explanation because like she doesn't want to think that her mom is capable of this right so Catherine tells her like look i did this to help them move on and that sends mary on a bender um i feel like this is the first time we see mary actually acting like the mary she puts out into the world yes so she shows up at wayne tower drunk and we finally see another employee of Wayne Tower. Yes, I was just about to say, and there's a third employee. Yep, which I'm assuming they just hired. Yeah. Like, they hired after um, Supergirl, Arrow, and The Flash just kind of busted in there. They're like, all right, we need security guards. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> so the, the B story is kind of Mary with Luke as she's drunk and still drinking and kind of talking through what's been going on. And all Luke is really there for is because he's in the show. And Mary needed somebody somebody to emotionally vomit all over and Luke got the short straw. Good. He deserves it. (laughs) After last week, he deserves it. (laughs) Well, yeah. Okay. Cause he did sort of have his, a couple of, really bad timing moments last week that we could consider this retribution for. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, I also did think that Luke and Mary were really kind of cute and I might no, be no, 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 no. Mary deserves better. <laughs> I don't know who yet. But <laughs> I'm waiting for the day when Luke does something that will make you like him. I doubt that's possible. I don't know. It it might not be. I don't. Who knows? So the biggest the the biggest part of Mary's arc in this episode is her realization that her mother's not, you know, who she, who she thinks she is. Who she thinks she is, which would be difficult for any child of a parent, you know, a, any child to to deal with, no matter their age, but. Like, Mary, I think we get, like, the very underlining, one of the underlining essences of Mary's character is 
she really sees Kate as a sister and she really wants Kate to see her as a sister. Like she really wants that sibling bond and that bond of family. And that now she, she's uh, terrified that because of what her mom did, that any chance they had of having that bond is going to disappear. Right. And also like she immediately like starts thinking, she's like, also, I have another sister that I've never met. Yeah. And that sister wants to kill me. Well, but don't all sisters want to kill each other? No, but I mean, this woman actually tried. So it's kind of a lot. It is a lot to process. And that's why she's eating pizza and drinking. Yes. While, oh. while Luke is just like Googling stuff. Dead bodies. Literally Googling dead bodies. Right. Seems a very broad term there, Luke. You might want to narrow it down a bit. Just a bit. But apparently there was a there was an article from two thousand two that he was looking at and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. But I mean I don't know. Like I said, like most of this episode is taking place between Beth, Alice, Kate, and Jacob. And this was a very small part. Like this was the Mary stuff was like four scenes and done. But you know what? We also kind of needed, I will say, like comedic filler, for lack of a better term, because all the other yeah. stuff going on in the episode was so heavy that we kind of needed a, a moment to breathe. Yes, like I understand the reasoning for it as far as as far as that goes. It makes sense. But it just didn't give like it didn't give you a lot. It it furthered Mary's character a bit. We see we see Mary trying to process what's going on and her not doing a good job of it. <coughs> but I'm I can't wait to see where this goes further on. Yes. Like, how does this affect? How does this affect their their relationship, Mary and Kate, which had been getting better? Like, it didn't. Oh, it's never been bad on this show, but we've been at least led to believe, like, growing up, maybe Kate wasn't the nicest to Mary. Kate was letting her guard down, and now. I think Mary's afraid that that guard is going to go right back up and that she's just going to look at her and see what her mom did. Right. Which is, which is possible. Who knows? So other than that, there's, you know, the show does kind of set up. I think we're it. So we, we've at least gotten through to the emotional points of this, of this story. And while it doesn't necessarily set up, like, what Alice's overall plan for Gotham is, we do know she wants to get back at her father. But I don't think she necessarily wants to get back at her father as much as she wants to hurt Catherine and probably Mary for taking away the family she thought was hers, which they were. Maybe she's... Do we know how... Alice knows that Catherine was the one who faked her death. Did they? I forget. Did they explain how she knows that? I mean, no. we, know she didn't, we know she knows because she blackmailed Catherine with it last week. Right. How, how did she? 
we don't know. I'm going to assume. I'm going to assume uh, it has something to do with her boy toy from the Crows. Maybe he found out. Maybe he worked for Catherine. Like, we definitely don't know those those details. And I'm sure we will sooner rather than later. Like I said, like I think a majority of this is getting is getting at least Alice's backstory and what they're building to right now, I believe we're gonna get some resolution for prior to crisis, which yeah. is now you know it's less than two months away. We're in November, you know it's um I think it's December tenth, isn't it? Or that week? Uh, no, it's, it's the very last week of. Um, let me see. I'm actually on the IMDb page right now. Um, Crisis on Infinite Earth Hour Two is December night, so we're under a month away. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm we are under a quick. Yeah, we are under a month away from from the Crisis episode, and it's only three episodes away. Uh, episode six, I'll be judging. I'll be uh, I'll be judge. I'll be jury. Comes out next week. Then the week after is tell me the truth. And then there's a couple week break it seems. And then December ninth, Crisis on Infinite Earths hour two. Oh, probably because of Thanksgiving we have the break. Um, yeah, because Thanksgiving is very late this year in November. So we have what essentially looks to be like a three-week break before Crisis. I don't know. That seems weird. Also, air dates on IMDb are not necessarily 100% correct unless and until the episode is actually aired. Okay. But I will say the Crisis one sounds right. That will – that makes sense. I thought Crisis was a little bit later, but only by like a – only by like say a week or two but but they always go on like a early like the first week of december is always when the cw does the like winter finales before the winter hiatus because even last year's uh, crossover was like the 8th and 9th of december i think elseworlds aired right in the very yeah. early part of december i just yeah. don't like I that mean- the crossover is cro- like we're going to be on a cliffhanger, and then the last two parts are in January. That's making me mad. Oh, come on. That's the best part. No, I am not a patient person. Patience is not a virtue I have mastered. It'll be fine. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe you're right. So... For some reason, I thought they were they were later in the season, uh, not later in the season, later in the month of um, December, because they were also coming back a little bit later in January. But but at least going by what we have, so yes, the the crisis starts December eighth. The Batwoman's on December 9th, Flash is on December 10th, and then it's off until Tuesday, January 14th. 
Which, yeah, <clears throat> sounds about right. Now, do you think, like, next week we're going to jump a few months in the in the timeline? Because at this point, we're two weeks post-Elseworlds. But by the time we get to Crisis, we basically have to be a year from that point. The crisis, yeah, because Crisis is taking place a year after? Basically, yeah. I mean, because Elseworlds happened and then, like, an entire year happened on on the other shows. So well, it... did but this is one of those like this is one of those like what happens on like wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff like like was there an actual year that passed on the shows or are we just talking like seasons? I feel like there was an actual year, but I could be wrong. But I feel like next week there could be like a few week to a few month jump just a bit. Like she's. I mean. Yeah, it's definitely possible. I mean, next week's episode doesn't doesn't really say like it's picking up directly after this episode. So yeah, it and it's more villain of the week rather than correct story central. So yeah, that's just uh, my take on it. Nope, that's that's uh, that is pretty much correct. Yeah, it seems like we won't really pick up the threads of this episode until the following episode, Tell Me the Truth, um, that has more to do with the dynamic between Kate and Sophie and Mary and Catherine. So so that might be when we kind of at least get what, how Mary knows, or how Beth knows what Catherine did. Yeah. <clears throat> so that'll... That'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Next week will be I'll be judge, I'll be jury, which is is very sounds villain of the week. Um, there will be a part with with Catherine. I'm sure we'll get like what her thought process was for doing what she's doing. And I know we'll get Mary. I will say, um, Mary so far has been my um, Alice has been my favorite part of this show, which I didn't think was going to be was going to be right, but um, Rachel Scarston is killing it as Alice. She's amazing. Yes. Absolutely. I, uh, and by the way, the sec- I believe the security guard is, was it Drew? Is Drew the name of the security guard at Wayne Tower? I think so. Uh, good, because if if uh, that is true, oh no, nope. There's Wayne Tower Concierge, which is how he's listed in the uh, in the cast credits. Lane, <laughs> he's a name. I'm gonna call him Bob. <laughs> okay. I hope he shows up again. So, I mean, that's all I got really for this episode. How about you? Yeah, no, pretty much we covered everything. All right, cool. So. You are more than welcome to tweet us or email us your thoughts on the episodes, our episode, the show episode, any random musings like like Jen did. We'll be happy to read them on the air and discuss them. Um, aside from that, you can follow us at Batwoman TV Talk on Twitter. Uh, you can also follow me on Academy Rewind on Twitter. And how about you, Tony Ann? I'm at XO Tony Roney XO on Twitter. 
please reach out to us. I I really like interacting with people and Me talking too. to them talking to them about shows, especially if they have a different viewpoint, but even more especially if they agree with me, because that just makes things a lot easier. I happen to like debate myself. <laughs> that being said, um, we are part of the Thought Bubble Audio podcast family, Podcast for the Modern Geek. You can check out our other great podcasts, such as Academy Rewind, Supergirl TV Talk, Beer with Geeks, Tolkien TV Talk, Read Up, Hate Watch with us, Metropolis, and others. Um, and I, there might be more to come. Actually, after hearing, after hearing um, the HBO Max lineup, you know, maybe there's some new shows in the pipeline. Who knows? Uh, that's one thing we didn't touch on. Were you excited with all of the uh, HBO reveals? Yes, I was. Uh, so we're getting a Green Lantern TV show produced by Berlanti. We're getting a Strange Adventures TV show produced by Berlanti. More importantly, we're getting a DC high school show produced by Elizabeth Banks, which kind of sounds like Sky High, which um, Lauren, who who hosts Metropolis, like me and her both love Elizabeth Banks, and we're like we're on board for this show. It, it sounds like a great concept. Um, aside from that, we also got the the news last week that CW supposedly has a Clark and Lois show in the pipeline, or Superman yes. and Lois show. Yes, with, I'm so excited for this. With Bitsy and the Superman looking, but not necessarily well acting, Tyler Hochin. You don't like Tyler Hochin? Okay, no, that is not okay. Look, he, I he he's fine as Superman. Like I'm not saying anything. Like he looks like he looks the part, but you can't tell me his acting is great. Yes, I can. Really, go watch. Can keep a secret. I've seen him in Seventh Heaven. I've seen him on Teen Wolf, and he was great in both of them. See, I no no. <laughs> He's very Taylor Lautner for me. Like I like I, Taylor Lautner too. So again, what's the issue here? No, I don't. <laughs> again, <laughs> like like they, you know, he definitely looks the part, but his acting can leave something to be desired. But we'll touch upon that come the come come the crossover because. I have a feeling like I won't be able to make a lot of Luke Fox jokes during the crossover, so I'm gonna need I'm gonna need some punching bag. And I have a Tyler, feeling we might not be seeing a lot of Luke Fox during that crossover. Uh, no, I think we'll see him in the Batwoman episode, but I don't think we'll see him uh, much other than that. Probably. So that is uh that is gonna be it. So check out uh, the other podcast. Please rate and review us on iTunes, five stars. And other than that, we will see you next week. The bat single is shining up in the air. So until next week, have a good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.